to the Main Green Money Podcast. My name is Destiny, and I will be your host. And I'm Kaylee, the co-host and producer. Today will be the second, will be the third episode to our series Money Track, where we will discuss taboo questions about each department regarding getting you to that zero balance with UNT. On this episode, we will be getting real about the Student Money Management Center with our wonderful guest. I will go ahead and let him give a little bit about who he is in his department. Woohoo! Hi, my name is Paul Goebel, and I'm the founding and managing director of the Student Money Management Center. And my role is to help Eagle soar, as it is for the entire Student Money Management Center team. Thank you for introducing yourself, Paul. We are so happy to have you. So let's jump into the first question of today, which is how do most students pay for college? Oh, excellent question, Destiny. This fall, we're expecting about 40,000 students uh, to be enrolled. And I would expect to see a lot of similarities on the resources that they're using, but you'll also see a lot of diversity for it. Most students will uh, use their own personal resources and the family's support. And a good number will also use financial aid resources. I think about 80% of students will um, see the inside of the ESSE, uh, specifically uh, the financial aid office this fall, simply because they're using a whole array of funding resources, not just sometimes it's just people think financial aid is just loans, but it's not. Actually, less than 50% of students graduate UNT with student loan debt, which is great. But it's really scholarships and grants and other resources, work study, for example. Um, other students will have to work, um, and not just they may think about working, but they have to work because they have to contribute to their college and living costs for it. Um, other students um, will have exhausted all other possible resources, so what they'll need to do is perhaps look at community-based uh, funding resources if they exist. Um, and a very small number of students um, every semester, unfortunately, have to look beyond a sort of as a last resort, if you will, um, private loans. So to go forward with that, what is a common mistake most students make when paying for college? I think at the Student Money Management Center, one of the most common, I think it's, it's not a mistake, but it's a misstep, if you will, for it. It's um, the short-term perspective for it. Um, our team will talk with students and focus really on the semester that they're getting ready to start. Mm -hmm. And their funding scope and focus is only on that semester. Mm -hmm. And even though I don't want to rush any of y'all through the fall mm -hmm. semester, but in a couple weeks we started and 120 days we're done, you know, yeah. for it. Mm -hmm. So I think really what we want students to start thinking long term and even as Baby Steps is looking at this coming year, not just looking at the fall, but looking at the spring mm -hmm. and having a plan and a money plan that covers, again, all of their um, college and living costs, but also not only from this fall, but to the end of when they can leave us as successful graduates long-term. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, the Student Money Management Center is here to help. I know that here you guys do a lot of you know coaching and things like that. So what happens during a transitional planning coaching session? Well, um, that's a question we get a lot <laughs> for students. Um, and personally, for me, it's a time when our team stops talking. Mm -hmm. uh, we listen. And what we're trying to do is actively listen to the student explaining their situation, their challenges, their barriers, their successes, and trying to identify options and opportunities that will connect them to the next path 
in their financial lives. And for transition planning for many students, it's helping them identify a plan for six to 12 months after they graduate UNT and they step into, for most students, it's becoming new professionals mm -hmm. and understanding, wow, that's a lot of new financial responsibilities that they will be taking responsibility on. And you know what, it's okay because Student Money Management Center is here to help with our coaching team. However, there's also gonna be those students who will complete their undergraduate degrees and step and take the path, I should say, to graduate school. And graduate school also has its own financial considerations. So the transition plan, it's really focusing in on the first six to 12 months after they successfully graduate. What does it look like? And how can we help create plans that meets their financial needs, obligations, and responsibilities? And for those student loan borrowers, it's also making sure that they understand what are the next steps. Mm -hmm. So, I know you mentioned a couple things as far as like the tr transitional planning. Uh, so, I guess a follow-up question to that would be, um, how can students best prepare themselves for taking on that greater respons responsibility of their financial lives after they graduate? Well, I think the first step is while they're enrolled is use us <laughs> for it. <laughs> we shouldn't be the best kept secret on campus, but most definitely come on out, take advantage of, um, and, and for example, this fall, our outreach team is offering students more than 75 programs and events. Add that to the spring, and we'll probably be close to almost 200 programs and events for it. So take advantage of the, of, uh, the programs and the events. Uh, many of them will have an online modality, so they, uh, if their schedules don't allow, they can uh, come in, they can uh, upload uh, pre-recorded sessions and so forth, but use the resources that you're already paying for, if you will, uh, through your student services fee while you're a student. Now, with that said, is that when they make the transition, oftentimes it's that first year that's that, the hardest. That's the hardest. <laughs> and I know you all are getting ready in a couple of years to face that, but it is the hardest um, because it's that adulting moment. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, yeah, we talked about it. My family talked about it with me and they shared their experiences, but wow, I'm it's here. It's really happening. It's mm -hmm. really happening. And the key there is that we want students not only to be successful to the point of graduation, but beyond mm -hmm. for it. So um, once a student is a member of the Mean Green family, you know what? Come on back and look back. Sometimes it helps them to have someone who's non-judgmental, who can give a different perspective, and as a successful alumni, yeah, we'd love to hear from mm -hmm. you, too. So I know that you also uh, touched on graduate school mm -hmm. um, as far as transitional planning goes. So what advice do you have for students considering graduate school? First and foremost, um, and this begins even as your first semester as a freshman um, or your first semester as a transfer student, but from that first semester, if you have any inkling, and, and the thought of graduate school for many isn't even on the radar, you know, it's not even on their horizon for it, but as you move towards graduation and it becomes much more of a reality, if you will, is first and foremost, don't forget about the power of your strong grades for it. Now, Grades alone are not what's going to determine whether a student is uh, admitted into a graduate program, but it is one of the key components for it. Mm -hmm. Now, for graduate school, please keep in mind that what do I talk about grades? You need to be about a B minimum, B, but if you want a program of choice, you need a B plus, A, A plus. Mm -hmm. So we're talking in 3.5 or better mm -hmm. for it, but you can start on that trajectory 
your very first semester. So mm -hmm. when you end, that is one element of the um, enrollment and the admissions. You got it covered. Good job. Mm -hmm. Now, with that said, also too, probably towards your last year here at UNT, um, for those that are on the trajectory to enter graduate school, is start being prepared from a planning perspective mm -hmm. for it. Hopefully they'll be able to identify several different programs that they have an interest in attending, and then go to those programs, look at what the admission packets are, what type of materials are being required, because in a year's time, the cycle will begin where they'll need to, more than likely, have to collect and gather and pull together all those materials. It's good to start building out your admissions checklist for it, and then, one special note, um, many admissions packets do require um, reference letters and so forth, so you need to be strategic in who you choose to invite to provide a reference letter. But if it is a high profile or uh, a very engaged and uh, busy uh, professor or um, chair or dean, whatever like that, be cognizant that you need to ask early for the reference and also to have a relationship with your reference so their reference is not just a student that I have no knowledge of but it's they can have a personal insights for it so every component not only identifying the checklist but being strategic on how you identify those items that all makes sense so I guess to kind of move backwards in terms of like the time that students are here at UNT um, what are the top three things you incoming students would need to know about the financial side of attending UNT um, I think for all students, and especially those that I've had the uh, incredible pri privilege of meeting in coaching sessions um, before they even start here at UNT, for it, um, college is expensive. And yeah, and I see both <laughs> you guys nodding your head and big smile. Yeah, <laughs> you know that firsthand for it. So, with that said, it's um, understanding new processes and new responsibilities mm -hmm. for it. Um, for a um, new student, it's understanding what does the financial side of the UNT experience look like mm -hmm. for it. Where does the money start? So, for many students, it's understanding how does financial aid work? for it and how does the money get from something that I information I include on a FAFSA to being actually offered to me by the University of North Texas mm -hmm. financial aid office then how does those funds work their way from the financial aid office over to student financial services so they can be posted and applied to my account mm -hmm. charges for it so I think it's understanding processes and systems first um, and then as I mentioned earlier is having a money plan Mm -hmm. Really putting numbers down and hard numbers. So after a student um, registers for classes, they can go online and with one of our money plan worksheets is they can look at the estimated cost of attendance and they can start replacing those estimates depending on their living situations because we have three different work plans available to students mm -hmm. they can download off our uh, website for it. It's students living on campus, off campus, and even at home. But those are projected on the cost of attendance information that's available to all students through financial aid office, but use one of those worksheets, replace those estimates with the hard costs, mm -hmm. once they know their charges. If they're living on campus and they make their decisions on their uh, residence hall, they'll have that those charges, dining and meal plan charges, they can start replacing that mm -hmm. for it. Um, so it's really having a plan, and what we found is students who do take the time to develop a plan, and that's a great opportunity for them to uh, schedule an appointment with our coaching team, we will guide and be your guide through that experience but what we've heard from students it really takes a lot of stress and anxiety off them mm -hmm. and that's what we want students to be in a position of success is take this stress and anxiety 
especially on the financial side of the college experience, off their shoulders, out of their minds, so they can focus on what's important. Finish grade strong. Mm -hmm. Yes, most definitely. So I know a lot of the theme of a lot of today is to make sure that, you know, you're starting earlier rather than later and just making sure that you're prepared. Um, so, from your experience, what has been the most concerning aspect of students' financial lives while they're in college? Wow, great question. Um, unfortunately, I would say, um, especially over the last year, it's really seen the ripple effect um, coming off of the pandemic in mm -hmm. 2020. Um, in fact, earlier this week, I had a uh, returning student in um, schedule a coaching session and he was accompanied by his parents and um, both of his parents lost their jobs in 2020. Um, his father just got a new job but that's taken almost over a year for it. His mom uh, did not lose her job but she unfortunately had um, her work schedule almost cut in half for it. Those economic challenges and financial realities it has a ripple effect because those funds that the parents would be able to earn and save and help pay for their uh, children's college experiences and college costs, they're not there for it. So um, it's really understanding the unprecedented times that we're coming is how do we find a place of stability and return to a place of security that I can continue to move towards being a successful graduate. And I think with that is that we have to understand there are some wonderful resources being offered to students and just having that knowledge of what is the depth and breadth of the uh, special funding that's available to students at this time. Mm -hmm. Come into the Student Money Management Center and we'll educate you on that. Um, also too is that with that said is understanding that while your financial situation has changed it's in, and especially for those students who are receiving financial aid do not forget about the importance of filing for special circumstances especially and I can't stress this enough if uh, your parents were financially impacted for it as I mentioned with these students the student didn't wasn't even um, out of our coaching session um, I made the recommendation and, and we talked about special circumstances he wasn't even aware that that was an option for him and that's sometimes the great insights that we can provide during a coaching session is helping students understand the resources that are available to them if they want to consider them for it so I think really looking back on right now is for a lot of students is helping them guide them through still these unknown days mm -hmm. and um, really what does a post-pandemic world look like and hopefully for all students it's a world of optimism and hope but also with the support of incredible partners here across mm -hmm. campus including the Student Money Management Center um, we'll get there mm -hmm. but we'll get there together that's what's important so I know, um, like how you said, with the COVID-19 pandemic and everything, it's been very hard on a lot of students and their families. So I know as we're looking to the start of the fall semester, some students will end with a prior term balance. And to kind of explain that for whoever's listening that doesn't know what a prior term balance is, it's generally just a balance that you have from a previous semester. Um, so what advice would you give them as far as how to move forward? Well, I think first and foremost, it goes back to being a little bit more proactive. Mm -hmm. um, what we recommend at the Student Money Management Center is for students to have the 30-day look. Now, what is the 30-day look? It's that 30 days after the first class day of each semester, especially the long semester, it's fall and spring, put your eyes on your student account. What do the numbers say for it? 
is anticipated a that you're expecting has it been processed has it been released has been posted or is there a potential that there are the account balances at such a, a level that perhaps you will not be able to pay it for it being able to work from an active account is so much it provides students and families with more options, hopefully, than after semester ends and it is what we call locked mm -hmm. because it is unpaid for it. So even during the semester, if a student feels that they're gonna end the semester with an unpaid balance, come on in and talk to the Student Money Management Center. Let's see if we can identify some resources that the students and their families can explore and hopefully secure so they can still end the semester with, with their account, with their balance, exactly right. Now, if getting close to the end of the semester, and it just happens that uh, that they end with a um, balance, come on in to the Student Money Management Center, schedule a coaching session, and let's develop a payment plan for it. For some students, they may be able to tap into uh, financial aid resources, unused financial aid resources, if they uh, choose to be enrolled at UNT for the summer, that perhaps can help with partner balance. For others, it may mean that they'll need to work and um, look at different options, if you will. But hopefully, working with the Student Money Management Center, we can be your partner to get on a path to solution. So I know that you said a lot of your answers today were to tell students, you know, to be proactive and try to do things early on and a lot of planning. And I know when it comes to planning, there also comes the budgeting side of things. Yes. So what do you feel would be the best budgeting method for students that are still in school or are trying to, you know, be proactive and, you know, plan for the semester? What do you think would be the best method? I would say whatever is working works. You know, if if if, if, if it works for you and then you have control of the numbers and you don't have any stress, mm -hmm. to me that's a good system for it. Um, however, for many students during their college experience, it's a time in their lives when they understand that they need to start strengthening their budgeting skills. And for many students, it's getting them to the starting line. Uh, where do you begin? on that exploration. And at Student Money Management Center, that's where our peer mentors have created um, our budgeting model. It's called the Money Pro mm -hmm. uh, Plan. And the PRO, the acronym for PRO, are the three foundational skills that are incorporated into every budgeting experience. Mm -hmm. Planning, recording, observing. And what our peer mentors have created, I think, is an incredibly <laughs> brilliant uh, plan. But one that's so easy, because it brings these three skills together in one tool mm -hmm. and um, yeah if you want to strengthen or look at explore a different way of budgeting your money come on in again schedule a coaching session we're here to serve um, if you just want to strengthen uh, your system that you're already doing maybe look at different opportunities to make it stronger you know what we're here also too but bottom line I think is finding a system that works for you and that allows you to personalize it so your budgeting is focused and customized to your financial situation today. Mm -hmm. Not where it was five years ago, and not where it's gonna be five years from now. That's mm -hmm. not relevant, it's today. And also understanding that budgeting and money management, out of the three time periods of our lives, our past, our present, and our future, don't forget it always wants everyone to be successful in the present. Mm -hmm. But it can connect the past and the future if you so need it, that's a successful plan. And if you are working with a plan that is successful, good job. 
I would simply say stay with it. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But it also, for many students, um, they need to begin that journey. And you know what? We're going to be here to be with them on that journey. So, last question me and Kaylee have for you today is, uh, knowing all that you know now, if you could go back and give your college self financial advice for the future, what would it be? <laughs> um, grow up. <laughs> um, I was very fortunate in that um, I'm very, very large family. And um, by the time uh, I got to high school, um, I'm the youngest. Um, my parents were tired of, of basically parenting, so anything I really wanted, and my, my siblings just, they just can't stand me because they're like, you're so spoiled like this, but I actually took advantage of it, so um, I actually, I was, I was incredibly fortunate on hindsight. I, I know I was so incredibly fortunate. I graduated college without any debt for it. Um, however, adulting hit me hard for it because um, at that time um, I graduated in Texas, I went out to California, I was living in California, and things like state income tax and state taxes, I'm a what? You know, like this, and I remember even at that time, you got something called a paycheck, you know, actual piece of paper that someone gave you, and I remember looking at it and walking into my president's office, and you have to remember, I'm just a low man on the drum pole in the ad agency, and I walked in, and I'm like, what is, who's FICA? And why am I paying her money? You know, like this. Um, so this is a life license I brought with me. Um, so because um, it only took me one year to be about $10,000 in debt for it. And on hindsight, it's because I was living the lifestyle of many of my friends um, who were up in L.A. and um, had much larger paychecks than I was. So um, it was a tough life lesson. Um, however, I was very fortunate, too, because my parents were not judgmental. Um, yeah, after a year, I thought on my own, and I don't need mm -hmm. mom and dad anymore, and, you know, leave me alone, and I can do everything, and I can, I'm master of my whole domain and stuff like this. One of the most humbling experiences is that um, it was right after Christmas, my first year I was out on the coast, um, I had to call my parents, and I said, I, this is getting deeper, and I can't get out of this, and I feel like I'm, I'm drowning mm -hmm. for it, and they were very fortunate in that they helped. No, they did give me a loan, and I had to pay interest. You know, I just want to say that out, put that out there. But they did give me a lifeline. And what's wonderful is for many students who are um, moving towards accepting and assuming greater responsibilities, it's okay. Your lifeline here at the University of North Texas is Student Money Management Center. So we're going to give you a plan while you are a student, but also give you that plan so you have greater success sooner in your life than later. But I think the important thing is to keep in mind that mistakes do happen, but it's not the end for it. You just have to find your lifeline. Well, that's great. And thank you again, Paul, for guest starting on the podcast. You're most welcome. We're so happy you were able to take the time out of your day to sit down and speak with us about all of these topics. Um, that is all for today's episode. Thank you guys for listening in. Um, if you have any questions you want to be asked on the next episode of the Mean Green Money podcast, uh, feel free to DM us on our Instagram page at under, UNT underscore money and follow us on all of our social media. For now, I will leave you with this. Remember to be real and continue enjoying your college experience.